and welcome to the Marcus Coat Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Coat. Welcome to the Marcus Coat Fitness Podcast, Luke. Hey, hey, how you going? Thanks, Thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it. We've been trying to tee up this one for a bit of a while now, so it's a pleasure to have you on as well. Firstly, how are you going? Yeah, good. Busy start to the year. How's the move been? Yeah, it's been good. I'm getting used to it slowly, which is good. It's bloody hot up here, I can tell you that much. Yeah, getting, <laughs> getting used to it, which is nice. So, yeah, very good opportunity and good for a bit of a learning and experience as well, which is nice as well. So to start with, I suppose, a bit of background on yourself. I know you're a scientist. So I'd love to hear what got you interested in that as well. Also, you also did your PhD in your thesis as well. So I'd love to hear that as well. Sure. So I actually sort of fell into science um, and infectious disease researcher currently at the Alfred Hospital. And that's where I met Marcus in the gym there at the Alfred. But before this, I was working up on the Gold Coast doing my... PhD under a lady called Kate Sieb and we worked on um, respiratory bacteria for me specifically one called Moraxella cateralis and that causes ear infections in little kitties it's really important in um, the indigenous community in Australia as well where you get really high rates of ear infections but since then moving on to Melbourne I do a little work on bacterial evolution and uh, antibiotic resistance in the hospital that's awesome and that got you interested in, like, I suppose, bacteria? Was that one of your main interests a bit? Oh, for sure. I, all my work's with bacteria. I mean, we've done some um, work on coronavirus over the past year. I think that's, like, everybody, once that started kicking off, just changed gears and swapped onto those type of projects. That's good. Do you want to touch on a bit of, like, your good bacteria and your bad bacteria? I know you did um, show me around the lab that time and... Yeah, I was pretty mesmerized by how much bacteria there is and um, how it just kind of builds up as well in your body a little bit too. Yeah, sure. Um, so I mostly deal with um, like bloodstream infections, but there's a whole field of research that's slowly taking off at the moment called microbiome research. And that's where we look at all the different types of bacteria in the gut and we can um, link those to different types of diseases and also uh, different cultures and different diets. Uh, diet being a really big one, um, especially in the Western world um, where we're looking at, you know, the different types of uh, different proportions of like fats and proteins and carbohydrates and how they affect the bacteria that live in your gut. So I can give you a couple of examples. Um, That'd be good. You have these two types of major bacteria called bacteroidetes and firmicutes, and they make up you know, the majority of bacteria in your gut. And then you also have things like lactobacillus, which you can get from uh, dairy and like milk, um, which also makes up a minor portion as well. Uh, some diseases are linked to uh, different ratios of these bacteria in your gut. So a high firmicute to bacteroidetes ratio is um, linked to things like obesity and um, irritable bowel syndrome. So really looking at your 
diet and diversifying it and making sure you're eating the right foods is really important as preventative measures for those types of diseases? I think, yeah, as you just touched on that, I think looking after your body is probably one of the uh, best keys and to keep yourself nice and healthy and not, um, as I said, get that um, bacteria build up as well. So do you find that people maybe lack in certain areas, I don't know if they're like allergic or things um, that does cause a bit of bacteria as well? Oh, for sure. So uh, one interesting thing about it is your immune system and your gut bacteria are very tightly linked together. So 80% of the um, immune cells that you have are actually dedicated to sampling what's coming out of your gastrointestinal tract. Um, So the more diverse bacteria, so the more different types of bacteria you have in your gut, the stronger your immune system is essentially or the more robust and resilient it is. Um, This is also important in um, diseases like gluten intolerance, uh, which can also change the types of bacteria that you have in your gut. Would you have any tips out there for people to keep themselves nice and healthy without getting too much bad bacteria? (laughs) So there's actually a couple of studies that have been done on this. Um, Like one processed food is really bad. Um, as you probably know from a nutritional standpoint as well it's not just the bacteria um, but having high amounts of processed food in your diet can uh, increase numbers of bad bacteria in your gut Um, and then we've also started looking into things like eating meat versus vegetarian diets versus you know the classical mediterranean diet that gets touted about as well Um, i think really the key thing here and why the mediterranean diet is so good for this is the diverse food groups that it incorporates. So you know, eating too much red meat or eating too many carbohydrates, having one particular type of food group that you rely on is going to really cut down the range of bacteria that you have in your gut and potentially predispose you for some illnesses down the track. Yep. That's it. And I think, yeah, was it just touch on them, like, yeah, trying to not have as much processed food and, yeah, trying to keep, well, I suppose everyone's different with what they want food was as well. But, yeah, obviously, if you can, just protein, like your meat and that, and then obviously keeping your veggies and your fruits um, and your grains in there as well is probably a big thing to look after your body as well. I just wanted to, I suppose, ask about, um, you're a vegetarian, so I'd love to hear how you I suppose started being a vegetarian and have you had trouble, I suppose, getting enough protein or um, certain food groups in there as well? So I've been vegetarian for a little bit over 10 years now. Um, Honestly, just started it when I was younger because I just couldn't deal with killing things anymore. Um, Have a lot of empathy for animals and the likes. Um, But you know, it really has had an impact on um, my lifestyle and my training. Obviously, like being vegetarian requires a little bit more planning. Yeah. You can't just go out and get your steak and eggs and um, salad and that's you done. <laughs> yeah. Do you find it hard? But, you know, it has been a really good experience. I think I struggle with most. I mean, at the start, I wasn't a very good vegetarian or when I was doing the vegan thing I wasn't a very good vegan eater in terms of like I mostly survived on hot chips when I was you know in my early 20s which wasn't ideal 
or you know just take out really yeah um but it's only been the past two three years that i've really started to break down my diet and yeah. uh, look at what types of macronutrients and micronutrients are really important for nutrition especially since i started training as well and yeah. um trying to flesh out my vegetarian diet to incorporate all of those uh, different nutrients so i guess there's a few things that you have to watch out for the first one is iron really important for blood health so iron is um, a component of hemoglobin in your red blood cells and that helps you carry oxygen around your body which obviously you need for life and activity and all that yeah and then there's also another couple of things like um, your b vitamins especially vitamin b12 which quite hard to get from plant sources i think maybe mushrooms have them but i don't really eat a whole hell of a lot of mushrooms myself yeah um but I think, you know, those two are quite easy to supplement. And if you're over a lacto-vegetarian, B vitamins also come from eggs as well. So it's not so much of an issue unless you're strict vegan. Yeah. And then you also have your omega-3s, um, which are critical fatty acids for yeah. your cell membranes. Um, they're involved in lots of things throughout the body um, like brain health they're really important for as well um, there's three types of them epa dha and ala if i remember correctly i think ala um, you can actually get from plant sources so like your nuts and nut oils have a lot of that um, but your epa and dhas they're strictly animal sources so i have to supplement for those they come in fish oil yeah. as well so fish oil tablets will have them i mean depending on how strict your diet is and how you feel about eating a fish product yeah. um maybe it's better to opt for a vegan epa dha supplementation yeah yeah and uh, then something that you know meat eaters and vegetarians like to supplement especially in the fitness world alike is creatine i mean that is impossible to get on even a vegetarian diet because there's literally no plant source of it or it's only available very little in plants but it's cheap as chips i mean it costs like six bucks a yeah. can or whatever so that's really easy to supplement as well yeah. um and creatine is really important for recycling atp and um so that's all about your energy production as well that's really good and then i guess I think a lot of will um, definitely take some points out as well, but you continue. Sorry, I know you had another one. Uh, I guess the last major one is protein. Yeah, I know where we spoke. Um, well, probably the one that. Yeah, yeah, we've had a few discussions about this, <laughs> and that's probably the one thing that I struggle with the most with vegetarian yeah. diet is just getting enough protein, especially when I'm training, and you know we've had back and forth about how much yeah. protein is really necessary in your diet um i think we've both done quite a bit of research on this especially from a muscle development standpoint i think what is it like point point seven pounds per kg of protein is the minimum and then depending on what bloody bodybuilding forum or youtube channel 
you watch, you can see upwards of like 2.2, 2.6 pounds, which is a bit getting a bit ridiculous, but you know. I think it's just choosing what like your body needs as well and what you and what how much you need as well. Do you find your energy just level or just during the day? Do you find them? Do you, do you find that you struggle with them or anything? As long as I get a good night's sleep, I'm pretty good, man. I really didn't notice any drop off yeah, from when I was eating meat to when I went vegetarian and energy levels. Um, yeah, I guess that's all just about doing it right as well. Make sure you're consuming the right foods. Make sure you're consuming enough calories. But obviously, um, the best way to go and check all this out is go and talk to your doc and get a blood test. I try and get mine done every three to six months just to make sure everything's up to standard because I am wary that, you know, things can drop off if you're not cautious. The listeners are definitely going to take some good points out there if they are going to go vegetarian or, or am at the moment as well. So I think that's really good to hear as well. I just got, I suppose, now going to a bit of training and lifestyle as well. Um, how did you, I suppose, get into um, some a sort of training? And then what, I suppose, what's your, what do you enjoy about it the most as well? So I had done literally no weightlifting until maybe two years ago when I moved down to Melbourne and came to the Alfred. We're really lucky there because we've got gym on site, which is where Marcus worked previously, pre-COVID lives. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's been really good there. I mean, Marcus, you've been instrumental into me just coming back to the gym in the first place and like all that encouragement's been like really good for me I feel um but yeah I don't know I just really enjoy like the fitness aspect of life now I've always been a big runner I mean that gave me a lot of mental clarity but um weightlifting I guess it's it's mostly about de-stressing really quite often I like to knock off coming to the gym you know four o'clock knock out a workout and head back to work and that's it I think the same social aspect is very good as well for people too so oh for sure yeah and that's the thing you meet all sorts of people there yeah that's right and like everyone's at different levels too so it doesn't really matter and like that's a third you help each other out as much as it is or you learn off um, other people in the, might say again, might try that exercise or they might show you a different way as well. So I think that's the biggest thing as well for it. Is there a certain ex- favourite exercise you have or style of training that you do enjoy? <laughs> I'm a big fan of squats and hip thrusts. That's good. Go get that, that, Nicki, that Nicki Minaj booty going. <laughs> that's what you want. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like people tend to leave those two exercises out for some reason like it's real easy to get in there and to just like curl away but yeah i think the squats are where it's at man that's for sure and saying that maybe it's something i've focused on too much in recent years i need to start doing a bit more (laughs) upper body any goals for you this year in the gym or just generalized well my first year of training i put on about 10k which was awesome i was sitting around 70k yeah before i that you and the rest of the guys at Pro Sport. Yeah. Um, up around 80K now. I think I'm like 15% body fat or something last time I yeah. checked. Um, so not massive, but, you know, definitely big improvement over what I was. I think this year the goal was not going to be really to put on any more weight, but just to recomp a little bit, yeah. decrease the 
fat percentage, try and get as strong as I was before COVID, which put a dampener on everything, unfortunately. Yeah. But also one thing I just touched on there, going back to a vegetarian diet as well, is I feel like if you do it right, you don't really have an issue putting on weight or putting on lean yeah. muscle mass by any means, especially if you're able to get you know that minimum protein requirement that you need. I guess one caveat to that was that um, coming into it being untrained and also yeah. not super lean, obviously I probably didn't need the same protein requirements as somebody that had a bit more training and was a bit leaner. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I think knowing or even just going to talk to someone or yeah, a qualified nutritionist or some sort of probably a big thing just to yeah, get started somewhere or even yeah, as asking another person that is on the vegetarian diet or something that it's probably a, another good idea as well. So Sam, again, they can reach out to you as well or me, have a bit of any, if they do have any questions or anything as well. So, oh, uh, definitely. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today, Luke. I really do appreciate it. No worries. Thanks for having me. I suppose I won't say work because you're not on socials at all. So I can't really uh, get people to um, be able to reach out to you. But is there like an email address you have or anything? Yeah, you can't at me, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> yeah, my email address is luke.blakeway, B-L-A-K-E-W-A-Y at monash.edu. You can use my work email or just put me a message if you want to know anymore. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I'll put that in the show notes. So yeah, if you have any questions for Luke, as I said, if you're interested in that pathway as well, definitely hit him up and he'll give you some more information on that as well. Awesome. Thanks so much again. I know guys, you're going to take a lot of value. No worries. So um, I'll see you in the next one. Enjoy the rest of your day. Cheers. Thanks, mate. Catch you later.